Welcome to the FPL Blues Podcast, and welcome back to all of our listeners, to Brian and I. It's good to be back out of international break and looking ahead to this weekend where we will have Premier League football to watch and FPL matches to tinker and stress over. Brian, how you doing? Bucks, it sounds like you're a little out of form with the uh, the introduction to the podcast. It's been about a full week, maybe 10 days since we last potted and thought about FPL. So it looks like your uh, mental lapse is due to uh, some rest and relaxation from uh, away from FPL. Uh, if only I got any rest and relaxation in with my human alarm clock waking me up bright and early every morning. Uh, but, you know, a lot of Premier League stars also didn't get much R&R in over the international break, having to travel and play in international friendlies and World Cup qualifying matches. Like you said, it was a good time for FPL managers across the world to kind of take a step back and reset because now it's getting crazy. We have eight game weeks to go and there's still Champions League FA Cup that needs to be settled. But most importantly, we're looking at the match week right in front of us starting this Saturday morning is going to be double game week 31. So that's that's what this episode is really looking at, is looking at how best to attack double game week 31, as well as looking ahead to how you can be planning, uh, not just for this game week that's right in front of us, but the whole run-in, how we can really set our teams up for rank rises, for green arrows, and for FPL success. Yeah, super excited about the lack of blank game weeks coming up. You know, a few teams blank through the run-in, but we're having lots of double game weeks, huge, massive double game weeks in 33 and 36. So, so many points to be had, and we can't wait to dive into how we're doing. So, Bucks, take us away. Recap your blank game week 30 score. How did you do? Good riddance that that is now in the rearview mirror. Blank game week was pretty painful for my team. I decided to roll my transfer, stand pat, and kind of pray for the best. And I did okay. I think there were a couple surprise injuries and exclusions, including Aaron Ramsdale, who I was relying on to be my starting goalkeeper. He misses out. Leno comes in, has a spectacular game, gets bonus points and a clean sheet. I really could have used those points in my in my score overall. But you and, you and me both, Bucks. You and me yeah, both. I'm preaching to the choir, but it ended up working relatively well. I ended up having five players total with 47 points. So 12K red arrow, pretty much a gray dot. I mean, I didn't really move down as much as I feared. And I'm now at 179,000 overall. I captained Hyungman Sung. He delivered the business. He had a brace and 15 points. He was the highest scoring player in the game week. And so it's good that I captained him for 30. Uh, he really made up the most of my team's performance. And I also had Saka, who had 11 points. So pretty much standing pat, saving that transfer did me well because I didn't go for Kane and sell son. So I feel vindicated on my decision in this game week. Unfortunately, as I mentioned, Ramsdale misses out, but also I had Dean who suffered a muscle injury a couple game weeks back. He also missed out. He was a player I was relying on and kept in my side uh, with plans of playing him in this blank game week. So eh, 47 points, uh, a forgettable game week, but we move on. Brian, you had a more exciting result in blank game week 30. Why don't you tell our listeners about how you did? Yeah, Bucks, I had a crushing week. I totaled 65 points and my Spurs trio did the business. I went with captain of Kane for 26 points, owned son for his brace and 15 points. Saka chips in 11 points. And then I had White also as a superstar. He gets seven points. I'm super excited to have 65 points. I got a 11K green arrow. I'm now 36K OR in the world. And again, I have saved my free hits. I've navigated the blank game weeks and I'll be chasing a lot of big double game week upside versus using the free hit. And when I looked at a lot of teams across the FPL community, I was just very fortunate because I had the trio of double digit scores that did the business for me. And I really was only five or 10 points behind a lot of free hit teams. And so now when we look at free hit 33 and 36, I'm hoping to really um, you know, blow them out of the water in those game weeks. So hopefully uh, better days ahead and top 10K. It's, it's still a stretch, but that's that's the goal. 
Yeah. Well done, Brian. Very impressive. The season you're having 36,000 overall. Definitely think you have a shout for a kind of historical or record book finish uh, in your FPL career. Yeah, Buxton, I want to let you roast me for one second because I did make a transfer going into game week 30. I brought in Ivan Tony, who I know you and I have had a love-hate relationship with, but he had a good fixture versus Leicester. I used the transfer, whereas you rolled yours, ended up as a two-point difference, right? So I think he was very close to bringing points in, but ends up with a blank. So net, it's going to be you know worth minus two for me. So when, as I look forward and I don't have that transfer that I need. So it, it was a, it was a gamble and he was a man in form, but uh, unfortunately they don't, uh, they don't do the business versus Lester. Hey, you, you can get a decision wrong every once in a while this season. All right. Uh, it can't just be me striking and swinging and missing uh, over and over again, this FPL season. Let's go to the positives. Uh, <laughs> I know Brian is having a killer season, but we should give some kudos and a massive bravo to Alec Roberts squad. Cleacho self feels like we're saying a lot of the same teams uh, who are being bold and playing Really an upside chasing game. Alec is one of those teams who's been the manager of the game week multiple times now. He ends up leading scoring at 78 points. He used his first free hit chip to optimize his team in the blank game week. And he really was rewarded. Brian, he went up 65,000 spots on Green Arrow. So he even came above me. He's now at 155,000 overall in the world. And impressive from Alec because of the decision-making and the discipline. He benched the trio of disappointing Wolves players, Captain Kane for 26. He had Sun for 15, Sokka for 11, Madison, which was a big differential for 10. And he also had Ben White for seven. So uh, round of applause, nicely done, Alec Roberts. I think this is now your second uh, manager of the game week on the season. So we have a number of managers in our FPL Blues podcast, Super League, who definitely have swag coming to them at the end of the season. We are working on finalizing plans uh, to place that order shortly. So stay tuned listeners, followers, and members of the Super League for announcement on that front. Well done by Alec. He is a high variance player. So I feel like he goes for a lot of uh, punts that not a lot of us have had. I think a few weeks ago, he had the KDB brace and then like Ivan Tony hat trick and he ended up with a huge score. So he seems to be trending in the right direction for the season running. Uh, in addition, just want to have a league update. So within our FPL Blues podcast, Super League, we're actually going to be having a big cup tournament. And this is essentially going to be a cup where every single player that's in our uh, Super League will be able to participate in, and then we'll have a prize for the last man standing. But it's a head-to-head knockout style where the winner will be crowned at the end of Game Week 38. So definitely something to play for, even if you're in the lower parts of the uh, ranks at the moment. But this will start and commence in Game Week 33. So best of luck to everybody. And again, something to play for. And it's really fun to you know go head to head, see who you're playing up against and hopefully take down uh, and pull off some upsets. Yeah, I love that. And cups are just a fun way if you're not having the best season to get re-engaged and excited about playing. It allows you to go differential and chase players that you love to watch more than, you know, more of the popular players that most FPL managers have brought in or are targeting. So it makes it super fun. Love that. Plus, we're going to start in double game week 33, which is going to be a wild one because a lot of the single game week teams have really good fixtures. But then there's a slew of you know eight teams that double, and it'll be interesting to see the balance uh, between scores when we go head to head versus our rivals in the FPL Blues Super League. So looking forward to that in a big way. All right, we're going to take our first break and we'll be right back with some of the highlights of the top performers who caught our eyes and some of the floppers that just belly flopped time and time again. We'll be right back. All right, let's get into the best standout performers from Blake Game Week 30. There weren't a lot to choose from, but uh, the ones who shined, shined really bright. And that starts first and foremost with one of your favorite players, Brian Youngman Sung for Tottenham. He's been on a little bit of an extended cold streak, but he had a get right performance for sure in this game. He totaled 15 points, 
two goals and all three bonus points. Massive showing for him and uh, some classy, classy goal at the end for his second. Uh, really strong performance and showing uh, from him as well as the entire Spurs team in this match. Huge result for captainers of Sun like yourself. He gets 30 points for those managers who put the armband on him. He only had three shots in the entire match, but once again, he is such a clinical player, and I felt very fortunate to have stuck with my gut and doubled up on Spurs in a big way on my wild card a few weeks ago, and that paid off huge this this weekend. So I had not only Kane but Sun both get those double-digit points, and Kane, as the next player, he ends up with 13 points a hat trick of FPL assists and two bonus. And he is just a man on fuego right now. And he's somebody that I think a lot of teams who wildcarded early, like yourself, are going to have a tough way to get him into your squad. So we'll see if he continues his, his hot streak. But Kane to Sun, Sun to Kane, it's a beautiful combination. Conte is pushing the right buttons for the Spurs team right now. For sure. And they, they look like a serious dynamic duo and as part of a surging Spurs team uh, since Conte came aboard, Kane is actually the best player for attacking returns and attacking stats in the entire league since Conte took over in November 2021. Ooh. So that's a long enough sample size that it's for real. He's uh, he's back in form and he's uh, he's looking like he's one of the best strikers in the world. So Kane in this match had four key passes, but he also put up an XG of 0.7 because he missed an absolute sitter early in that match. And that was really tough for me as a captain. I'm like, oh my goodness, is it going to be a blank Kane week? Is it, is it going to be one of those weeks where nothing goes right for him? But he turns it around, doesn't get any goals. But again, because he's such a deft passer and just has that vision, a couple brilliant balls and the link up play between the, the really the Spurs midfield, who is starting to play a lot better. Benjamin Kerr as well had a couple nice passes linking up and they just seem like They've really hit the nail on the head for these transfers from the January window. So a lot of work to do to get top four. I don't think that's in the cards this season. They'd have to basically win out, but they, they look like a team on the rise. And next season uh, with some off-season acquisitions, they'll look uh, to be much stronger and compete for top four. All right. Last player. And he's a, a new a new feature in the top performers for sure. And that's Luke Ailing with 13 points. He had a goal, assist, and three bonus. And it's just beyond the FPL game. He had a just a big balls performance from <laughs> from defense. I mean, he was, he took over the Rafinha creative role um, from the back, and we have seen that last season from Stuart Dallas most notably. But Ailing just you know this team and this new manager was really they needed a result here against Wolves down two goals at halftime. They were actually. If we're going to talk about gambling and betting a little bit, they were plus 3,500 at halftime to come back and win the game. And Luke Ayling oh does goodness. the business. He has a perfect pass uh, to level the game up. And then he has the game-winning goal on a broken play. Unbelievable, much-needed win for Leeds. And uh, credit to anyone on free hit who brought in Luke Ayling. Holy cannoli. Rafinha unfortunately misses out in this match. So it's a big result for Leeds United. They needed a W. They're in the relegation battle, kind of in that zone. So that was a huge comeback from behind win. And Wolves are clearly a team also filled with floppers. When we look at Raul Jimenez, what a disappointing season he's had. And he ends up with negative two points. So uh, gets his second yellow card in that match. And really, oh, it was a joy because obviously neither of us own him. So we could care less if he gets a, a minus two and that only helps our rank, right? Bucks. Of course, uh, that was a excellent and expert transition from you, Brian, to get to the floppers. Raul Jimenez definitely earns the top spot there. His second red card of the season, both from two really silly yellow cards in both instances. So uh, he not only kind of uh, shivved the FPL, owners who had him in their side and started him, but also uh, he really threw his teammates under the bus. I mean, they were in full control, totally comfortable in that match. And that's just a game that Wolves have to have. I mean, they have to be getting these easy results. When you're ahead, when you've scored more than one goal, you need to get all three points. So the fact that he put his team in a very uncomfortable situation and, you know, credit to Leeds, they, they held them to the fire the entire second half and got that huge result. But, uh, yeah, I bet Bruno Lage is pretty pissed because uh, Raul Jimenez is really one of the veteran players who should know better than to do something so silly. Coutinho, 
didn't play well or didn't have a good game, but he's really the creative engine for Aston Villa. And they're leaning on him very heavily as a veteran player who's played in the Premier League, who's had some dazzling performances, but he was just absolutely neutralized by Thomas Partey uh, in the game against Villa. And I just thought that he became invisible. It's notable when you have a player like Coutinho, who plays in the middle and is really supposed to be the kind of force for your midfield. And he's being outplayed by a young up-and-comer like Jacob Ramsey. That's what I saw from watching this match. Uh, and that's why Coutinho, after uh, incredible double game week performance a couple game weeks ago, is making this floppers list. Yeah, I think for me personally, I avoided both Rafinha and Coutinho over the last couple of weeks. The Coutinho massive haul in double game week 28 was, was tough to watch. But since then, uh, he's been pretty pretty quiet, and same goes for Rafinha. So was definitely happy to have the other player scoring in that match, which was Saka. He looked pretty good. And overall, though, like Arsenal just bossed this entire game. They they owned this game from start to finish, even without Ramsdale in goal. And they they just have such a solid identity right now. I'm very impressed with what Arsenal's been able to accomplish this season. Absolutely. They're having a great season and Arteta is really being uh, rewarded for his patience and reliance on youth. All right. Last flopper. And that is the entire Wolves defense. Uh, they again, up two goals. Even if you go down one man to 10 against 11, you should be able to see that out. I mean, Jose saw, he's probably one of the best goalkeepers in the premier league right now. And between him and Connor Cody and Romain Seiss, they had enough veteran leadership to kind of steer them through the end of that game. And they just bottled it over and over again. There were balls coming in uh, from wide, hitting the post, hitting a defender. Uh, it was a comedy of errors. So uh, I think with that, we can kind of move on from blank game week 30. Let's look ahead to some more exciting news and matches to come where more than actually four matches are going to take place. And that's in double game week 31, which is coming this weekend. Yeah. So we're looking at the likes of Burnley and Everton who have a double game week this week. Honestly, you know, taking a look at the rest of the landscape, I wouldn't be in a rush to bring in players from either one of these teams. I think we're in a position where we want to focus on the teams that have something to play for. And when we look at the title race with the likes of Man City, Liverpool, and then the kind of top four race with Tottenham, Arsenal, those teams are much more higher priority transfers to bring in. And I think right now we have to really realize we only have, you know, seven or eight free transfers the rest of the season. And do you really want to prioritize using one of those transfers on Voots Veghorst? I mean, you can go, you can go either way, but right now Voots is... 6.4 million. And he's probably the top asset to own from a Burnley standpoint because all players have Raul Jimenez in their side. So they can easily move Jimenez to Weghorst. He's going to have five matches in the next three game weeks. So that's really the main buying point for him. I think you're going to get a lot of four pointers, to be honest, in those double game weeks. And especially this current double game week, he plays City in their first match. That's two points to me. I, I don't see any way how he gets behind the the high line of city and finishes a goal on Ederson. So I would be staying away, but I, I can see the allure if you're just doing the straight mathematics and you need to remove Jimenez from your team bucks. Is anybody else on Burnley that catches your eye? Well, Nick Pope is a player that, you know, both you and I have both our keepers currently flagged with injury. We have the combo of Ramsdale and Dubrovka. That's looking like an unlucky double up right now. Uh, in, I mean, I, I, I opened the app like for the first time, like a couple of days ago. And I'm like, why is Dubrovka flag too? It's such a weird sighting to see. Like we actually invested in to have two playing goalkeepers and they're both flagged at the same time. I, that's never happened to me in all of FPL. Yeah. So that's kind of dumb luck. But as you mentioned, just Pope is a bet on the number of fixtures and the fact that he's going to make save points. As you said already, city is probably an easy L and they're going to concede, I would assume, a number of goals in that one. So you're really betting that that Everton match, it's a relegation battle. So they need that result. And so I think they're going to play that tight. I could see that being a 1-0, 1-1 kind of cagey match. And maybe you pull out a, a clean sheet with bonus points if you're a Nick Pope owner. Uh, 
On the flip side of the double game week, there's Everton. We mentioned they play Burnley, uh, but they also have a more appealing match that first game. And so I think, you know, Anthony Gordon, who's already on your side at 4.5 million and Mason Holgate at 4.2 million. I think the key takeaway from this double game week in 31 is not to waste transfers, bringing in more players from either of these teams. And if you are on wildcard, I would only really be looking at players from these two sides as the most budget options. So they're going to be enablers for you to go triple up or double ups on the best and the best teams and the teams with the most to play for. So you mentioned them, you know, City, Liverpool, Chelsea, Spurs, Man United, and Arsenal. You should be having some selection of players from all those teams. And then again, to fill in the side with cheaper, more budget-friendly options, Leicester is the other team that I would want more so than Burnley or Everton because of the remaining matches to be played. Yeah, it's a great shout, Bucks. I currently have Anthony Gordon in my side. He's going to start for me, but 4.5 million, he's going to go straight to the bench after that, and I'll be happy to have his two points come off the bench later in the season when there's a bit of rotation. But you want to focus on bringing in assets who have not been really popular in the last couple of weeks. And we're really talking about Manchester City. You know, they didn't have any doubles. So a lot of players moved out. Cancelo, Laporte, maybe a, a Foden or a Mares. Nobody has those guys in their team. So we're going to see a big shift, um, especially going into the run-in of bringing those assets in. And it is a bit tricky, Bucks, this week because we're looking at game week 32 is the hugest match of the season. We're going to have Liverpool at the Etihad playing most likely for the title this season. And that's a huge match. So you don't really want to have all of your Liverpool attacking assets play your defensive assets from city. Like, I don't know how that game's going to go, but I, I would expect it to be a very high pressure game. And we're going to see probably some goals out of that one. So it's, it's hard to prioritize bringing in those, you know, those Robos, Cancelos, Laporte's this game week. Um, so I think, Keep an eye on those. There should be priority transfers 33 and beyond. What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts there? Great shout. And worth mentioning that in that game, as opposed to the relegation battle, both those teams need to go for it. So there's going to be a wide open back and forth play style, which is really good for FPL halls and returns. So as Brian mentioned, probably not a priority to bring in any defenders from either of those teams. However, the one player that kind of throws a wrench into a lot of teams who wildcarded early is Trent Alexander-Arnold. And he currently had to pull out of his England international duties uh, early because he has a hamstring problem. And he's really expensive. So if you are considering bringing in maybe Cancelo or Reese James or any of these defenders that are kind of premium or semi-premium, knowing that TAA is going to for sure miss this Watford match with injury. And then he plays against Liverpool. And then I think he plays against Man United the week after. Am I right on that, Brian? Well, he plays for Liverpool. So he'll be playing City in Sorry, uh, game 32. Excuse me. That's he correct. plays City and then United uh, in back-to-back matches. So those aren't great fixtures. And I think if you're chasing like me, it's not the silliest idea to consider transferring out TAA, and then eventually maybe targeting bringing in Joel Matip as a cheaper differential option. That's just something that I think is a different way of thinking about it. You need points every game week if you're in a position like me at 179,000 overall. So I haven't ruled out actually moving off Trent Alexander-Arnold in spite of the fact that he is probably the best creative defender in the game and has 11 assists thus far this season. It's just a risk that you need to be considering and weighing up at this point in the season. Yeah, I mean, he's, I think, one of the only players you and I have had since game week one. I want to say that we've had him the entire season. Even Salah, yeah. we kind yep. of transferred in and out when he was at AFCON. So he's a season keeper. So right now he's, what, 8.1 million? He's super premium very expensive. So if you are going to sell him, just know that you're going to have to buy him back at a much higher cost. With that being said, I think there's going to be a lot of people who move him to Cancelo or move him to Reese James if he's fit to go. Um, Chelsea have two really great fixtures in a row. So I'm seeing a lot of action on the FPL community going to bring those defenders in and maybe even double up on Chelsea D for a few weeks, whereas city play Liverpool. So definitely a tough spot to be in though. And I'm, I'm very jealous bucks that you have Robbo because he, he would be at the top of my list, 
but to move to move TA to Robo, that's so sideways. It's not something I want to do, but um, I do I do understand that you know some people are, may go that route. Yeah, and it's worth mentioning while we're talking about kind of the titans of the table right now that all three of the teams currently at the top, City, Liverpool, and Chelsea, all are still in multiple competitions. So they have a lot of games to be played in a very short period of time, pretty much from now until the end of the season. So Manchester City, Liverpool, and Chelsea are all in advanced stages of the Champions League as well as the FA Cup. So they're going to be playing pretty much every three or four days. So you need to be planning any moves to bring in their players with an eye on possible rotation. So you mentioned Trent to Reese James. I love that move in a vacuum, but I think that Reese is more likely to be rotated than Trent is. So that gives me pause in doing a move like that. However, if you were doing a move like TAA to Reese James today with a plan in game week 34 to go someone else like Doherty from Spurs to Matip. I kind of love the way that that lines up. So you could be aggressive in the short term as well as kind of chasing all the way through the end of the season. Buck, so you've been, uh, you've been in my DMs or something because this is something I've been actively thinking about is how I get a piece of both Liverpool's defense and City's defense, but on the cheap. So I'm actually for the run in, I know I have so much money in Salah, Son and, and Kane, like eventually I could downgrade Son, but I'm really eyeing Matip and Laporte as the kind of cheap, you know, especially Matip is still 4.9 million. That's a steal. Absurd. Laporte's had, Laporte's had a few goals this season and attacking returns. He's going to be 5.8 million. And so if you can't get to the super premiums of Cancelo, Rabo and Trent, these are some ways for you to hopefully spike a few, you know, eight pointers over these easy fixtures that they have after they play each other. So definitely uh, players to keep an eye on moving forward. All right. We've spent a lot of time talking about the teams at the top of the table. We should just take a moment and highlight the teams in relegation battles. And that's coming into clear focus, specifically in this double game week 31 with Everton and Burnley playing in the second match of their respective double game weeks. That is a match that is a must watch if you care about the Premier League, because that's going to tell us a lot about who's going to be staying up for next season. Now, we already know that Norwich, they're pretty much on the beach. They are in 20th place and they're in there by a country mile. So they're likely to be relegated heading down to the championship next season. But the other teams that still have something to fight for, that is Burnley in 19th place. Although I should mention they played two fewer matches than everyone else, at least. And then Watford is in 18th and then Everton is in 17th. So uh, Leeds and Brentford, I think at this point, they're probably safe. I mean, that Leeds result, I think, got them just far enough apart from the rest of the teams that I expect that they'll be able to navigate the end of the season. But uh, really those four teams, Norwich, Burnley, Watford and Everton have to be playing like their lives depend on it because it really does if they want to stay up in the Premier League. When we look at these teams, Everton is by far the most talented and the most disappointing. I know we'll wrap this up kind of a season recap later, but they've got to be up there for the most disappointing sides, especially from an FPL perspective. We haven't seen DCL or Richarlson really be a factor in any of our FPL teams the entire season, which is a bummer. I mean, when we look at DCL, he scored 16 goals last season. And unfortunately, we're not going to get any of those this season. So they have they have their work cut out for them. But if it was up to me, I would love to see the three teams that are currently in the relegation zone just all out of my life. So it'll be interesting if Burnley's matches that they have to make up, give them more points or just set them back further. Yeah, and one thing I want to say about Everton, it's really a total 180 from the beginning of the season. They started so hot. I mean... They had Decore, they had uh, all Damari Gray. I mean, remember, we were like Townsend. Waxing, Townsend, we were waxing and waning about how amazing their budget midfield that they kind of cobbled together for $0 in the transfer window uh, was really like performing and punching above their weight. They had that huge upset against Manchester United where Townsend like did the Cristiano Ronaldo celebration on the game-winning goal. I, that feels like years ago, but that was just earlier this season. So uh, it really is a tale of two seasons oh, for Everton. And for such that a, was a that was such a great moment, Bucks. I totally forgot about that. Like 
he was just fronting on the entire Man U crowd after he scored that and does the reverse Ronaldo and they get the upset. But when we look at Everton, none of their signings have really done anything. Um, frustrated Frank has not done a good job. He kind of berated them after their last match. So it'll be interesting to see if they respond um, because frankly, they, they have too much talent to go down, but I don't know if any of their talent is gelling at all, you know, right now. And uh, that's that's definitely a problem for them because the spine of their defense is, is very weak. All right. That will probably be one of the last times we talk about some of these relegation teams as they have clearly seeded FPL relevance for the most part. And let's take our final break. When we come back, we're going to talk about players who have made our personal watch list, as well as our plans to navigate the final eight game weeks with chips that we have remaining, as well as our short-term transfer plans. All right, welcome back to the FPL Blues podcast. We're going to talk about transfer thoughts and captaincy shouts and also a little uh, chip chatter. So, Bucks, I know a few people in the FPL community still have their wild card left. So uh, this is a time where we're kind of seeing a lot of wild cards being played heading into game week 31 or you're holding that wild card until the very end and wild carding roughly about game week 34 or 35. What are your thoughts here on the those last ditch efforts? Um, you know those lucky managers who have navigated all this way to come um, through the end of the FPL season and still have their wild card left. So this is really team dependent, but I think in a ideal world, if I was in your overall rank position within the top 50k, I would be holding it till game week 34. That's really when you'll navigate a lot of the muck and murk of double game weeks for kind of less appealing teams. And you'll be able to set up your team knowing who's been rested, who's been playing a lot of minutes for teams like City, for Liverpool, for Chelsea. And also that way you can really chase the final double game week, which is going to be absolutely massive in game week 36. That's set to be the largest double game week of the season at this point. And also you'll really know who's locked in starting spots in some of the fringe positions. So, you know, going into double game week 31, some of the players that I think would be appealing to managers on wildcard and just for free transfers alike are players from Leicester, like Harvey Barnes and James Madison. You'll know their fitness level and kind of their current run of form. If you can wait a couple more game weeks coming out of this international break, Likewise, that's true. You know, players like Sala just had a really competitive international break. Rabo, a lot of players are potentially in need of some rest and some training sessions. So, you know, we mentioned earlier in the podcast, double game week 31 does have a number of one-sided fixtures. So I would feel a little cautious going into 31 saying for sure, you know, players like uh, Robbo are going to play the full 90 for sure. Players like Cancelo are going to play the full 90 because there is still so much unknown. So I would want to wait if possible. And yes, that is kind of sacrificing some of the overall points you could be getting uh, following that wild card. But I think it will be worth it because you'll set up with the best possible 11 starters going into those final game weeks of the season. Yeah. And looking at Liverpool specifically, obviously we're heavied up on them in a big way the entire season, but they're playing Watford. This is a classic Klopp playing their B team, maybe playing solid 60 minutes, trying to get some of these guys some rest and get them healthy before the huge match versus City. So something to just keep in mind uh, moving forward. Uh, I want to double click on Leicester Bucks because although they have a lot of fixtures to rearrange and you know they're going to have some double game weeks coming up, um, especially looking at game week 33. They're also still in European action. And at this point in the season, they're actually still going for the Europa Cup championship title, whatever you call it. But they're actually going to have. Oh, the game. Conference League. Oh, the illustrative Europa Conference League, the <laughs> tournament no one asked for. But sure, we'd love them to win that trophy, wouldn't we? Look, teams got to make money off these TV rights. They got to put world football on. So that it is what it is. But when we look at them heading into game week 35, they're actually going to have a European match before 35 and right after 35. So we could see players still get rotated, even though they're going to have a few double game weeks. So we'll we'll pay attention to that. We'll let you know and update you as we can. But uh, just something to to call out, because I know they're going to be cheap assets that are quite popular to transfer in. 
Yeah, final thought on the wild card discussion. Just worth mentioning that we don't know all of the confirmed double game weeks, of which there are probably going to be multiple uh, between now and game week 37. Game week 38 is kind of precious and protected. All the matches start at the same time to end the season. So there's no uh, issue with people knowing what the other results are once they're in the locker room. So between game week 31 and 37, I expect that most, if not all, will be double game weeks in some form or another. And we'll know that following game week 31, because after that, there will be Champions League and FA Cup. So you should know about double game week 34, potentially double game week 35, and double game week 36 before the transfer deadline ends for game week 33. So that's just important to note. And we can now start talking about free hits, which is much more relevant to managers like myself and you, Brian, because we both have both of them, which is an unusual and special occurrence due to this COVID season and some of the chaos that happened uh, around the holidays. Uh, So we now have not just one, but two free hits. And that's something that managers need to be thinking and navigating between now and the end of the season. Yeah, as discussed earlier and for a few weeks now, Bucks, I will be free hitting in game week 33 and double game week 36. This is going to be a very popular strategy. Um, I think if you have your bench boost left, sorry to throw another chip in there, but bench boost is going to be very uh, highly used in game week 36. So something to think about as that'll be, again, as Buck said, the largest double game week. So there will be a lot of chips used in the next few weeks. Important to note, this is the first time that managers have ever had two free hits, but you cannot actually free hit in back-to-back game weeks. So for example, if the big double game week in 36 also has some residual double game week, uh, 37 players or 37 happen as well, you can't use your free hit in back-to-back weeks. So just wanted to note that. And this also kind of changes our transfer strategy a little bit as well, because you cannot roll your transfer into a free hit and then come out of that with two free transfers. So it's going to cut that transfer total that you have. And so when I'm looking at my players bucks, especially for game week 33, I really have to focus on getting a few of these assets in from city and from Chelsea that I will want in my squad for game week 34 and beyond. So just something interesting to, to note, and we'll pay a lot of uh, attention to this podcast and other sources for more information as the doubles get closer and closer, but we're, we're really excited about the, the run in and potential for triple digit points each of those weeks. Yeah. Just one kind of differential strategy that I've been ruminating on. Uh, I for sure was planning on doing the free hit 33 followed by my second free hit in 36, but I think my team might actually be well set up for game week 33. A lot of the most popular FPL players are set to double. And so you might not need to really transform your team to attack that double game week. However, I think maybe a strategy that could be used for players chasing like myself is to use the first free hit in 36 and then your second free hit in game week 38. Again, 38 is kind of its own season. So there's a lot of unpredictability, a lot of uh, kind of youth players get their chance to shine and make a a notable uh, appearance and display in that final game week for teams that are uh, have nothing to play for, so to speak. So uh, that's something I haven't quite Uh, locked in that that's going to be my move, but it's definitely something I'm thinking about because like Brian, like you said, I want to have as many transfers as possible between now and when I use my free hits uh, so that I can set my team up to kind of go after upside and chase points. So that's where I stand. I just wanted to throw that out. So the listeners know that that is a viable strategy to be considered. Yeah. Game week 38 is absolute chaos. All the matches on at once. It it is a great time to be at a, at a pub and have you know, five to 10 games on um, it, it is wild, but it's also, like you said, unpredictable players are going to get rested or rotated. I tend to see that teams with a home fixture will trot out some of their stars for the last time that season. Maybe they get play 45 minutes or 60 minutes. So it's, it's definitely really tough, especially if the league is already wrapped up. Um, so something to keep in mind when we, we get there, but I, I do feel like we're in great spots to have the freedom to choose when we want to free hit. And uh, the double game weeks are just the most natural position. If I only had one free hit left, it would hundred percent be in game week 36 because that double is going to feature the likes of city, Liverpool, Arsenal, Chelsea, all those big guys. Right. And 
with the rotation that we're also going to see from Champions League, we're going to want to handpick some of these players who we have an inkling are going to start. And we'll have more information on that. And that, that's just a great time to be like, all right, this is a game that Mares is actually going to start in, you know, hopefully play back-to-back matches and then things like that. It's really hard to I was play just thinking, Pepe Roulette. I, I was I, just thinking Mares. I, I was like, Mares is the player that Brian is for sure thinking about because I would never want oh yeah. him for multiple stretches, but in a one game week isolation, he could be a lethal attacking option for city. And so uh, that's, that's one I just wanted to uh, make sure to uh, credit you on uh, shouting out. He's definitely a player who would be a very popular selection by free hit teams. And just one more point in double game week 33, there are three teams right now who have confirmed blanks. So if you are loaded up on teams like Aston Villa Leeds, and wolves, which you might be considering that all three of them actually played in blank game week 30. So if you didn't use your free hit and were using transfers to target those teams, it might be very appealing to free hit in 33 because you can kind of not waste transfers moving off those guys and be set up for 34 when they come back with relatively easy actual fixtures, which they play. So just wanted to make sure we touch on that before we go to our final section, which is transfers and captaincy selection for both of our teams. Yeah, time to purge yourself of those assets from Wolves, Villa, who's the other team, Bucks? Wolves, Villa, and... Leeds, Leeds. Uh, Leeds, yeah, Yuck. Leeds. Time to get rid of those players, and hopefully they'll be at price points where you can bring in some really entertaining, you know, Kai Havertz or Mason Mount. Those are some of the Chelsea assets I'm eyeing up, Bucks. And uh, lots and lots of, again, Leicester is going to be huge into our, our plays as well. What are you laughing at me for in the video here? I just want to say that, uh, you know, you know, Leeds are a team worth selling off your FPL team because Rafinha has made the bold move of saying, Baba, I don't want to play with you guys anymore. And there's still eight games to be played in this season. He's already signed the check. He has every intent to move to La Liga to play for Barcelona in 2022-2023. So if that's not the biggest FU to the Leeds players that share the locker room with him and FPL managers, that is a major red flag indicator. Sell, sell, sell any and all Leeds players as soon as humanly possible. Oh man, he's going to look so good for the Catalan Giants though in Barcelona. I I have to admit, Bucks, I know we both rate Rafinha as a player, but watching him set up... um, these these weak players from Leeds time and time again and just all these chances missed it it's uh, gets a little bit long in the tooth so um anyway moving on bucks let's just talk about a few players on our personal watch list i know you have two free transfers so let's start with you yeah so i have two free transfers and 1 million in the bank right now and i think that this is just a vindication of rolling my transfer in a otherwise low scoring blank game week Uh, And the timing couldn't be better because I have numerous players in my side right now who have injury flags on them. Uh, We mentioned both our goalkeepers, TAA, who's also out with the knock. And right now there's Dean had the kind of injury uh, kind of uh, triangle removed from his profile, but he hasn't been guaranteed to have gotten the spot back and he hasn't really been impressive in the last couple matches. So those are all players that are on my kind of watch or shortlist to maybe transfer out. And so right now the move that I am kind of earmarking is one of two. It's either to go three transfers and take a hit. And that would be to move Watkins, Sun, and Dean out for Kane, Kai Havertz, and Amarty. Uh, so that would give me a piece. Whoa, 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 Bucks. That's a major overhaul right there. Very interesting. Yeah. So that would give me a piece of Chelsea attack, as well as a little bit of an investment in Leicester on the cheap, which I like from an upside play. And obviously Kane is just in a league of his own right now among forwards. Um, he's the best player in the game. Um, and I didn't think we'd be saying that at any point this season, considering Salah's form in kind of the first half, but uh, Kane has really uh, turned out to be the player we knew he was all along. So uh, that's one of my moves that I'm weighing up. Okay, so for that option, Bucks, are you planning to captain Kane in game week 32 when Liverpool play City? Is that is that part of the strategy as well, that you want to have that heavy hitter to be able to captain him? 
Yeah, so 32 right now, I'm earmarking. If I keep Son, he's going to be my captain. And if I bring in Kane, he's going to be my captain in 32. So it's just, uh, I made the right choice in blank game week 30. I'm just, I need to make the right choice again uh, going into uh, game week 32. And I should just mention the more conservative move that I have uh, kind of eyeing up is just going Watkins and Son to Kane and Madison. That leaves me with exact funds. Uh, I like that because if Dean is in fact fit to play, he's a player that I wouldn't kind of race transfer out. Uh, he's not going to be a game week in game week out starter, but uh, you know, I, I think he's, he's, if he's fit, uh, there's no reason to rush him out of my side for a hit. So that's, that's my thinking right now. And captain in 31 is going to be Sala locked and loaded. There's nothing that could make me change that at this point in time. Nice bucks. Okay. So just to break down your transfer options one more time. So I, I really enjoy the shout of Kai. Obviously we play two easy teams in a row and he's started the last four matches, played 90, scored four total goals, really looks to be on it. And uh, the only thing with that is like Amarty, he might lose this spot. Like I'm not sure with all these defenders who are coming back for Leicester, we're seeing James, Justin, Wesley Fafana. Those guys are going to probably come back into play at some point. So I, I wouldn't want to be banking on Amarty for points, but he's what, 4 million. So if he doesn't play, whatever, he's a center back, right? So he's probably not going to come on as it is. And so then in those matches that you might play him, um, I think it's just a little risky for you bringing him on for double game weeks because you're probably going to want to start him, right? But then he might only play one match and then it's the equivalence of a single game weaker that you bench who's a stronger FPL asset. So just a, a trap that we... We've fallen into a few times this season, but wanted to get your your thoughts there. Yeah, so right now Kai is actually the top performing midfielder in the game over this little stretch. He has six attacking returns in his last 10 matches, and he started eight of those 10 uh, last matches for Chelsea in the league. Uh, really, the reason I'm thinking Amarty is, as you mentioned, he's sub 4 million. He's 3.9 million. If he plays, fuck yeah, that's great. I would love to have him in my team, but if he doesn't, you know what, who cares? He's going to be my third bench guy. And he's going to enable me to have a player like Kai, who is in a very unusual and kind of hard to fit in price point of between kind of 8 million and nine and a half million. Those midfield slot is very limited. So I kind of like the idea of making that move. So I'm able to get in a player like Kai who plays for a team that I support and also plays a style, which I think has tons of upside right now. He is the most reliable goal scorer for Chelsea, which is shocking considering we spent a hundred million dollars in the summer transfer window to bring in big ROM. But uh, yeah, Kai is looking like a bargain uh, from a year and a half ago when we brought him in for 70 some odd million dollars. He's looking like money well spent on that front. Yeah, definitely rounding into form. And that that F-bomb you dropped came out of nowhere. So, you know, if, if Amarty doesn't play, fuck him. Who cares? Yeah, fuck him. Uh, Who cares? I, I, yeah, I, I can see that happening. All right, Ship all right, Bucks. Those, those, are some, those are some good transfer plans. I think the only last thing I want to bring up is I, I really think I'm rating Barnes as a better asset than Madison at the moment just because Madison's been – a little bit up and down with his injury knocks and that's kept him out of matches. So if they hit European football and are having multiple double game weeks, I'm just a little bit worried that he'll make a few cameos off the bench rather than starting. And right now Vardy is probably out for the rest of the season. And so Barnes seems like an even more nailed player on the wing because they need some threat to advance the ball. You know, he can work with either Ianacha or Daka. So what, what are you thinking? Um, what are you thinking there between Barnes and Madison? So it's a great shout. And Barnes is 0.4 million cheaper, which is obviously really appealing as we look to kind of get the most out of every single, sorry, he's 0.2 million cheaper. Uh, however, we want to really maximize and get the most out of every available cent, penny, cent, pound, however you want to say it, wherever your local currency is, we need to maximize that into our starting 11 game week in and game week out. So I like the barn shout. However, when I look back at their recent form and their performances over the course of the season, James Madison just has tons of double digit hauls. So his upside is way, way higher than Harvey Barnes. And I think that you see that in the way that they're rewarded bonus points because Barnes can score a goal and still end up on zero bonus. It's happened a couple of times throughout the season. And 
really the player that I wish I had a crystal ball and knew what Brendan Rodgers was thinking. I'd rather really skip over both of those Leicester midfielders in an ideal world and know who his guy was. Is it Daka? Is it Ianacho? Because the forward line options are so barren at this point that just knowing who the Leicester starting forward would be, would be so valuable game weekend, game week out uh, as they attack the last couple matches of the season. So uh, I just feel like Madison is, is I'm chasing upside. That's really the, the here and the now of that. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. I mean, looking at Madison's profile, he's got five big double digit hauls this season and he has eight goals and three and six assists. Whereas Barnes has only three goals and eight assists. So you feel like Barnes will be getting a lot of starts and involved in the attack, but especially for your rank and trying to make up ground, you got to go with the guy with the higher ceiling. So I, I do rate that. Um, we're, we're trying to save every penny and shekel. So Barnes is a player on my watch list as, as is Madison at the moment, money is quite tight for me because again, I have son Sala and Kane in my squad. So this week I have one free transfer. I'm really just kind of waiting until the deadline over the next couple of days to see if I'm going to take a hit to bring in either Kai or Reese James. I'll have exact money to move the likes of Tony to Gelhart, which is probably not exciting, but at least Gelhart's going to get some minutes with Bamford out the rest of the season. So he'll, he could cameo for one or two points if somebody gets rotated later in the season. And then I'll upgrade Ramsey who did me a solid on my bench boost a few weeks ago, he'll move out for Kai. And so I will be playing basically a five, four, one every single game week for the rest of the season. With that being said, it's a little dicey, right? Like playing a five, five, four, one isn't great. But when I look at possibly having, you know, cheap guys like white and Docker T and Matip in my side at some point for the run-in, I'm fine to do that since I have three of the elite players, but Again, Sun is my cash cow if I decide to move him on, but the fixtures are too good right now to move off of him. And the way he's linking up with Kane, it's hard to take him out since I already decided to go with that duo. So that's what I'm thinking at the moment. I'm also in a spot where I should probably just roll if I don't have any other I was going to say, you got to roll. You got to roll for sure. So coming into 32, you have two, and then you burn both those, and then you have your free hit. Then your team is perfectly set up. Uh, to attack the game weeks between the free hits. So uh, if I were you, I'd be rolling. Uh, if you're 36K overall or 41K overall, that's not a massive difference uh, in this, what's going to be a kind of not so compelling double game week 31. I mean, they're great single game week matches, but uh, you know, you already have coverage uh, for Everton. So I, I don't know if you need to even make a move. Yeah, I think I would be starting, you know, if, if Trent is out, which he probably will be, you know, he'll drop to the bench and I'll have to play Broja versus Leeds or Tony versus Chelsea. I probably will play Broja out of those two. And then oh, I also have on, Saiz. Hold on, so. hold, on, hold on. You just said you're going to have to play Broja. Broja is like locked into my starting 11 for <laughs> game week 31. I mean, that if that doesn't show the seasons we're both having at this point in time, uh, Broja is a lock. He might not even play, but you know what? I'm banking that he's going to get the start and I'm, I'm going to be praying that he's going to get the start because I need those points, baby. Oh, man. How many blanks in a row? One, two, three, four, five, six blanks in a row. Stop it. Stop it. No one heard that. Delete that from the pod. Editor, please get in here. Remove that. No one knows that. He's going to have a brace (laughs) in game week 31. Book it. Wow. Versus Leeds. I I would love to see that. So anyway, um, I have to start either Broja, Tony, or Saïs. Uh, right now, I have Saïs slated as my starter and then Broja first bench coming in. So we'll see what happens. But I, I'm definitely in a spot where I could roll. I, I just really want to join on the fun with owning Kai or J- Reese James for these two matches specifically. And so that's why I might take a hit. And again, like my team overperformed last game week. Like I got 65 points with no, you know, no hit taken, no free hit chip used. So taking a minus four to get in a Chelsea lad, a good old Chelsea boy to root on uh, versus the likes of Brentford would be a lot of fun. Yeah. I I rate that. Uh, Plus, you know, uh, you're, you're only, you're only charging for, for more, for more, for more. We're getting a little greedy uh, based on your current OR, but uh, you know, we need some green arrows to come, not just in double game week 31, but as we 
enter the remaining matches of the season. So uh, with that great episode, Brian, just want to confirm your captain for double game week 31 is going to be who? It's got to be Mo Salah. I'm taking his points versus Watford, even if he plays 45 minutes, 60 minutes, he's going to get at least a goal. And uh, I think earlier in the season, he had one of the goals of the season where he dribbled through four different Watford defenders in the box and slotted at home. So I'm looking for a repeat of that this week. Only thing worth mentioning is that Salah did tell Ben Foster where he would be shooting if he got a penalty kick. So uh, be forewarned that if that situation happens, Ben Foster might have a little inside information. But uh, I rate that I'm making the same decision, even though I have Andy Robertson, he could be a great differential. I'm just a little nervous that Liverpool might have their eye on future matches that are much more important and much more difficult. So they could leak a stupid goal um, because they don't have TAA. That might mean their defense is actually stronger. But uh, anyway, let's let's end the podcast. Green arrows to all of our listeners. Follow us on social media at FPL Blues Podcast. We're on Twitter, where we're looking to gain more of a following. And on Instagram, where we are posting lots of custom content that we are putting out day in, day out. So appreciate if you're a listener already. And Brian, we'll be back more like our normal, normally scheduled programming coming after Double Game Week 31. Thanks everyone for listening.